Congress says. <laughs> it says we're on. All right, we're on live here on Facebook. All right. Hey, everybody, it's your doc, Jeff Booski, creator and founder of Dental Syndicate, where we've cracked the code to gamifying the system to unlocking power, productivity, and profitability, all while building practices and lives that matter. Welcome to Jumpstart with Jeff. Tonight, we get an opportunity to interview one of my great friends, Brady Frank. And also on the interview tonight is my lead head coach and trainer, Sebastian Wynn. <laughs> Mr. Brady. <laughs> so welcome, hey gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, Brady. Thank you so much for being on the call. I'm really, really looking forward to diving in and, and having some, some great conversation with you. So again, appreciate it, my friend. Thanks so much. So excited to be on here. Uh, I spoke with uh, Sebastian before, so I know we're going to have a great time. And uh, thanks for hosting this, Jeff. This will be a ball. I thought we had an echo. I thought we had a canyon that we were talking down into, but that's all right. Hey, so let's kick this off. The way that I kind of want to roll tonight, Brady, is let's give some people and some folks, some people know your story and some people don't. I think one of the most interesting things, and I had a chance to meet Brady back in, um, it was about 2012, running in implant circles, and Brady's a big implant guy. We'll share more a little bit about that in the, in, the, in the long haul of the conversation night. But take us all the way back. I thought one of the things that was fascinating about you is take us all the way back to where you started in dental school and a little bit about your family dynamic, what you came from, from a series of dentists in your family. What did that look like? And I believe it or not, did you purchase your first practice before dental school even ended? So let's talk about that. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm a third generation dentist with my grandpa, my uncle, myself, and they recommended that I not go into dentistry. And so I wasn't, I was gonna go into medicine and I was thinking about physical therapy. And then I started to dig deeper and uh, decided, you know what? I like working with my hands, went into dental school, and a lot of folks don't know this, but in a, as, as a junior in dental school, my wrist popped out of place. And I went into a wrist surgeon and they said, you probably have to have surgery because you have mid-carpal instability. That means, you know, the golfing that you do and archery that I did and all that caused instability and it knocked it out of place. So I couldn't move my right hand. So I was practicing left-handed at night. And I'll tell you what, if you wouldn't want to be a patient with me working on you with your left hand, I'll tell you that much. It wasn't pretty. And so I was, I, so I looked up junior year. Okay. What can you do in the world with a dental degree, but you can't do dentistry. I figured, well, there's gotta be all these great things you can do with a dental degree. Bus driver, janitor. That's about what you're qualified for. Dentist or nothing, dentist or nothing. So I was like, Oh no. Oh man. So I started to look at ways that I could build multiple streams of income without using my two hands in dentistry. And early on, that was pretty much like buying dental practices and having somebody else work in them and you had some cash flow. And then I got in the real estate part. So as a junior in dental school, I interviewed 72 dentists on their ideal retirement strategy, knowing that I'd have to own businesses to have cash flow. Um, uh, put the contracts together for two of them my senior year. You know, all I had was dental school debt. So I leveraged off a little life insurance policy I had, did seller financing because the banks don't talk to you and, you know, got real creative. And 
in order to get creativity, you have to have more deals, right? Because only a certain people number of people say yes, right? Because most everyone wants cash from the bank. So I had to start with a lot of deals, pick through them and get the develop the relationships and get the doctors who would say, yeah, I'll sell or finance it. I talked to them about they'd gain interest and defer taxes and all that. So that's when I went on to own in the first seven years, you know, a bunch of practices and buildings and, and all that stuff. So that's, that's how I got into multiple streams of income. Everybody thinks Brady was just this business guy who kind of figured it out and wanted to be an entrepreneur in dentistry. But the reality is I'm just trying to make a living because my wrist wouldn't work in, in dental school. But long story short, had a thousand shots over about an eight week period. They call it prolotherapy and my wrist strengthening the ligaments. And then I was fine and, and, and it just gave me minor problems throughout my career. But that, that's, that, that's the story. I got to call time out here because that first couple minutes was gold for everybody. And here's a couple of things that, that, I mean, that I want you guys to go back over because Brady said a lot here. First of all, you interviewed 72 dentists around the country. And I take it that you, they probably weren't all local, right? You had to no, probably go- None of them were local. All of them were in five. I, I picked five states I wanted to live in. My family wanted me to take over the family practice. I was like, I don't, I don't want to live in Milwaukee. You know, there's beer and brats and about it. And for anyone in Milwaukee, hey, it's okay. Yeah, there's Summerfest and which is still beer and brats and music. <laughs> uh, but, but so I picked five states out west. I'm kind of uh, mountain biking, hiking outdoors, slightly granola-ish. You know, I live in Oregon. Don't, don't, don't hate me for that, right? Uh, so, you know, like, like Hawaii and all that West Coast stuff. So did that, you know, found five states and that's where I started. And I was like, okay, I want these five states. And that's where I interviewed the 72 different dentists. And I think so. I mean, that, but that's no small feat, setting up and organizing the trips to go and spend the time interviewing all the docs, finding out what is their ideal strategy and not only learning that about them, but also taking copious notes. And I'm sure you start to see things line up of like, hmm, these docs are all saying these very similar things of what they want. And so I bet if these docs are saying it, and these are some of the top docs that you could find, I bet a lot of other dentists think like this too. So that's one big component, right? And yep, then, the, yep. then the other big component is you had to innovate because you didn't know, hey, because of my wrist, am I going to be able to do dentistry? And this is what I've chosen to do because this is what I know. And now I've got to innovate and find a way around this obstacle of I might not be able to physically run and hold the handpiece and see the patients. So I'm going to come up with a way in which I can still do dentistry, but maybe utilizing my mind and being profitable for everybody. That's huge coming right out of the gates. I mean, if you guys don't understand, these are significant life pearls that are being dropped on you right now, just from the perspective of, we haven't even got out of dental school yet. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I like to say that that from that point, 19, 1999, for the next 10 or 12 years, so the first decade, I made all the mistakes, so many mistakes, because once you, get, once you start doing that, it's a new skill. Doing dentistry is one skill. The business side and owning businesses and practices and having employees and all the regulatory stuff and debt and all that entirely new set of skills. So that's, you know, 
thank goodness I understood early enough, you know, the concept of mentorship, right? Jeff, you're in the top 1% of producers. Folks watching this, that's going to glean off on them and they're going to automatically start to excel in what they're doing. So I at least understood the, the, the quote, which is, hey, if you want to have success in any area, find someone who's already done it and model them, right? And so in those 72, were a few, were, there were a lot of practices that I call value-added practices where I could really increase them, get them for very little cost. And, but there were some of them who were the top dentists in the country. So I was also mentoring with those so I could take those concepts and bring them to the practices that I purchased. And so, um, so anyway, uh, so, so that's how that whole enchilada started. Hey, Brittany, I, I have to interrupt you, man. This is too good. I didn't know you were going to bring the big guns and just give us the works. And I, oh, my gosh. I got a couple of big questions for you. So when your hand went out, okay, what was going on? Did you say, like, I hate life. I hate you, God. I hate this world. It's like, did your dreams come crushing? Because, listen, you're spending a lot of money and time for a very specific then take me to that moment. What was going on with you when you found out, like, might not be able to do what I thought I was going to do? So I lived in a small neighborhood in my parents' house. They were in Virginia where my, my dad was working with a hospital out there um, just as an employee helping out. And uh, my brother and I lived in that house. And I remember I went out for a jog that night and I was just walking and I felt like basically up till junior year, all that... I was about a 200 grand in debt pretty much by that point. You know, all the pre-dental before then, all the junk you go, the hoops that you jump through. And here I am with a wrist. Now it's a week and a half. I'm sitting there walking, can't use it. And I'm like, you know, you, if you think about that, you, you're a young dot, young 25 year old, like I was thinking, oh man, I just built like this deck of cards on nothing because my your right hand they all joke about it like don't don't do anything that'll hurt your hand right it's like my right hand doesn't work i it was these two fingers were numb and i i had i couldn't bend it more than that so i remember crying on the jog because i wanted to go into pedo and i was like oh man i'm 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 toast right i'm just toast what am i gonna do and uh and so you know i think you know, Jeff brings this out a lot, you know, some of your greatest adversities in life, the difficulties you go through, if you just go one step beyond them, that's where you have the breakthrough and something you never would have had before. And that's what happened. I said, you know what, I'm not gonna complain about it. I'm gonna start using my left hand then. I'm in this deep, I need my, and then I started to get the therapy for my right hand, but that's after I'd already started looking for the other businesses, being like, okay, worst case, I'm gonna buy a practice, I'm going to buy two practices. I'm going to get docs to work in there. I'm going to lead. I'm going to manage. I'm going to do whatever I can without my hands and start doing that. So the wrist got fixed after I figured out those backup solutions, right? Which then threw me into more problems, right? Like, okay, now you own a bunch of practices. You're a dumb kid, right? Now what are you going to do? Now, now you're hiring the selling doctors as your associates, right? You're in your 20s. You don't know what to do. You don't, you don't know the staff come up to you talking about employee stuff. You don't know any of that. Right. And suddenly you're having to learn all the dentistry side, all the management side. And, and then you have the problems from the clinical side and the problems from the employment side. And it's just, you know, you're in the fire. Right. And I would have never chosen that for myself unless, you know, and I think that's the biggest 
difficulty for most dentists. They get in this comfortable take home two or 300 grand, half of it goes to taxes. They put their little bit in retirement and they coast until they realize my dream that I had before dental school is slowly vanishing because they never save enough for abundance. And then they are 60 years old and they're like, this isn't what I thought I was getting because my 2 million in the bank at retirement at 3% fixed is 60 grand a year pre-tax, which is 30 grand a year after taxes. I have to live on 30,000 a year when I retire someday. Cause most mm -hmm. dentists retire with a back and neck problem, right? Living off 30,000 after tax. And they're like, where did it all go? And, and, and so it was good for me because I started then teaching transitions and I did see these docs who literally, if they kept going in the same path, they were going to retire with, you know, the ADA statistic, which is only 6% of dentists will retire with financial abundance with all those millions that pass through those dentists hands. And they're only 6% with financial abundance. So, so anyway, I made every mistake. We could talk for hours on that, you know, uh, that first 10 years, but like so many things like Jeff had mentioned, what I like to do in my life, evidently, it must be one of the things I enjoy. I like teaching. So when I got good at implants and placed over 10,000, then I started to teach others. After owning a bunch of practices and transitioning, I started teaching transitions. After building multiple groups, then I started to teach doctors how to do that and avoid the 10 years of mistakes that I did so they could boom, 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 get it done and have multiple streams of income solving their trouble later on in life you know, which is, ah, I can't, I can't retire with the abundance that I thought I would. Absolutely. Wow. wow. Look, it's just for me, Paul. I got so much, but I'm not going to derail this because I got to hear more from you. But I do have to make a, a statement you made. Most people say worst case scenario. Your worst case scenario became the biggest gift for you. Listen, I have an MBA and I don't know half the things you said right there about financing and uh, lender's loan and uh, because you had to get into the meat of it to get to that details and specifics. And so your worst case scenario became your biggest blessing and gift. You know, it, it did. And, and, and let me share, you, share, share, share with you kind of the biggest issue that I had. So here I am with debt and fighting financially, just trying to be able to, you know, uh, I, I got married when I was 28, shortly after dental, that first year that I got out of school and then started having a family at 30 and everything was about finances. How do I make it and how do I go overcome the debt and pay that? And I did that and had seven locations, bunch of real estate. I actually bought, then took profits and reinvested in houses in Phoenix, sold uh, six out of eight of those um, before the subprime bust, right? And, and so, yeah, so that worked out. But, and so I reached uh, at the age of 34 after six years, uh, financial freedom. And what I realized was it was, it's not, a, it's not about that. Uh, most of you have heard that uh, Elvis Presley's grandson just committed suicide in his twenties, right? Have, have you heard that? Did you hear that Jeff or any, maybe Actually, you did not. You didn't. No. So, and, I'm and, and you hear about these trust babies and you hear about these financially successful people that like commit suicide or have just difficult lives. And I realized at that point, it was well beyond just being financially successful with streams of income coming in like I had. So I retired from dentistry, took a year off, and I, I felt like I lacked any purpose. And 
it's then that I realized that there's a something called provider joy, meaning when you take the skills, your gifts, and you're pushing them back into people, that that's what you're really shooting for. Not, not to be a trust baby that has streams of income. So I reached that at age 34. So I went back into dentistry, back into helping with transitions, back into helping people do what I had done, back to over 30 dental schools doing lunch and learns, buying them pizza, teaching what I'd done. And it's that at, at that time that the spark reignited in dentistry when I started helping others do what I had done, but sitting there for a year golfing, pleasing myself, you know, uh, with financial freedom, I realized was not the goal. So at that point, I realized that I, I think dentists should be seeking something different, which I call total dental freedom, which is a mix of clinical freedom, lifestyle freedom, and financial freedom. So clinical freedom is doing the procedures you love on the patients you love with the gifts that you have clinically. Lifestyle freedom is having that ideal family life, vacations, hobbies, all the stuff that makes to some people life worth living. And financial freedom is kind of the engine that allows you to have the clinical and lifestyle freedom. So, so I think, to, yeah, and that's why I like your show, Sebastian and Jeff, especially Jeff, you know, cause you're the, you're the dentist here. You know, it's not about what many dentists think is the end goal. I'm gonna save up this much so that someday I can cut back or retire. I've seen so many dentists, cause I do a lot of transitions. So many dentists sell, they lost that part of their life and they're lost puppies. They're lost puppies because they didn't realize that it's just, it's a whole lot more than amassing a certain amount of finances. It's clinical freedom, lifestyle freedom, and financial freedom, creating total dental freedom where you potentially never retire, right? Because if you're doing what you love and you've figured out your place in dentistry, should you have to retire? And so, so that's fortunately the end goal of end kind of culmination of what happened early on was at the age of 34, hitting that epiphany that this isn't just about having enough money to sit at home and golf. No, it's about figuring out what you want to do and where you want to serve in that niche that you're in and then doing that. And, and Sebastian and you, Jeff, have found that, which is really awesome. So I think I'm speaking to the choir here, but for folks that are tuning in to your show, Jeff, which is super exciting is you pull that out of them. And in fact, at, at certain times in my life, as we've chatted, you've pulled more and more of that out of me and helped me realize, yeah, that is something I should be doing more of. And that adds to it because, you know, it's a passion of mine and X, Y, Z. So anyway, that, that's what happened when I kind of reached what I thought was the holy grail, the financial freedom. It was actually something much different that I ended up doing and, and was more uh, invigorated by. Hey, Jeff, I'm going to turn this over to you. I'm getting very bored. He doesn't have much passion or energy. <laughs> I wish we had a better guest, Jeff. Yeah. I'm going to bet them better. Yeah, there's no energy here at all. Brady, I love, I love what you said, and I love the fact that you brought it all back around into the wheelhouse of, first of all, you said you sold, you, you hung out for a year and kind of just played around golf, maybe traveled some. You had a good time doing it but you felt like you lacked your purpose or lost part of your purpose. And man, how many dentists out there can relate to that feeling of what is my purpose? You know, is my purpose to provide just dentistry? Is my purpose to create experiences for my family? Is my purpose to better my community? What is it? And, and really in reality, it could be any of those things. It could be all of those things. 
But without a clear vision and without a clear target and without a purpose that drives that, forget it. You're not going to have the energy to get up every single day and do the work daily to make what it is that you want to see happen occur. Otherwise, it's just like, ah, I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll do that later. Someday, someday this, someday that. Oh, it'd be nice to retire someday. As opposed to, no, I am driven. I know what I want. I know where I want to be. I know what I want for my family. I know what I want for my clients. I know what I want for my teams. I know what I want for me now and later. And without that clear, defined purpose, you won't let it happen. You won't see it come to fruition. And you're just going to be chained to the chair until your dying day and they rip the freaking handpiece out of your cold dead hand and say you're done <laughs> you know what i mean that's the reality yeah. of it for a lot of people and i love that you brought it back to that because it is clinical freedom it is lifestyle freedom and it is financial freedom and the finances absolutely drive the rest of it you know when you look at that and you said, you know, you had, you started your family in your thirties and your young family in your thirties, you had a lot of different balls in the air. But if you also have a support system at home and you have your wife that is, you know, helping support you in your vision and you're looking at your kids and saying, man, I want to leave a legacy. I want to create impact. I want to show my kids I want to show my son what it is to grow up and be a real man. I want to show my daughter what it means to look for a real man that they can find to mimic what I'm giving them in my life, that the experiences and how you show up and how you treat mom. All of those are things that become part of that lifestyle, part of that family unit that creates the unity as well as the support that helps drive and fuel you. You know, one of the things that I say, Brady, and you can probably relate to this. I'd like to hear your take on it. But when I look at productivity, I think one of the biggest secret weapons in productivity is support from my family and especially from my wife and just being loved and being present, being present with my kids. Because here's the thing that I know is so true. If I wake up in the morning and I don't get along with my wife, when I go to work that day, I suck. I suck. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fat goose egg. I don't relate well <laughs> with my team. I don't relate well with my patients. And I just have stuff going on in my brain. And the reality is our patients, our, our clients, they are reserving 100% of our time. And when we go to work on fire, like we're lit up, like, woo, I'm ready, man, because I'm on fire at home with my home life. I'm on fire with my fitness. I'm on fire with where I'm at in my spirituality and my finances are working, you go to work and you're excited to be there because you know you're going to be changing people's lives. Not only your clients, but also your teams. And that's the fun and exciting and invigorating part. And that's what I also hear you saying is that you are getting back into doing what you love to do, not because you need to do it to make the money. It's because it's part of your passion. It's part of your purpose. And you're a purpose-driven individual who has a purpose-driven life that's going to leave an amazing, beautiful legacy, not only for your family, but you're creating impact around the world for other dentists and their families. And that's what it is about. And that's exactly what we want to do with Dental Syndicate. Hey, Brady, I have a question for you. 
in your experience, what is the challenge for dentists to look at clinical and life, and their lifestyle? Because I see that's your passion to release them, show them that they need to produce finance for it. But what kind of objections do you experience that, that they say they don't get it, what you are showing right there, that formula? So I'm going to, so during times of recession, dentists go through a similar pattern. So I might answer that question as it relates to where we are right now, right, in America. I mean, a lot of people have this really negative view of everything that's happening, right? There's stuff going on, and we're like, I can't believe we've come to this, right? And at, at the bottom of every recession, it seems that we have a similar cycle. We get, uh, you know, big part of the population um, starts to feel really down, and they start to act up and it, it's no fun. And it, it's across every socioeconomic level in America. It's across every ethnicity. We see it from every side. And so I might mention this, uh, you know, there's so many dentists. Uh, right now, um, one of the major banks that finances dental offices, they said that 14% of their dentists are just not opening shop again of, of the bank, not even, and they said 20, 25% of those um, beyond that, are doing about 50% less than they used to. So that means a huge percentage of dentist incomes are way down. And so um, the greatest wealth transfers in history have happened during recessions. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's happening in, in dentistry right now. And so I'll, let, me, let me go back. Can I, can I answer that question, Sebastian, and just kind of go back on our three last recessions? And talk about dentistry. How's that? Please do, bro. This is your time. Give it to us. Do right, the right, best. We're going, we're going to do it. So I get out of school, right? Bought two practices, right? And I get out and I get my license the end of June, right? In 2001. I just get my feet on the ground. And July and August, just, just cut my first crown prep and stuff. And then September 2001. September 11, 2001 comes along, right? Ooh, Three yeah. months into practice. And what, what we all know happened next was they grounded all domestic flights, no flights anywhere. The stock market doof, lost a third. So I'm out there with two new practices, right? And the stock market and the whole financial market crashes, right? Crashes because New York was, is our major area. So boom, our, our economy just goes down to next, to next to nothing really comparatively to this recession. And so um, the next five practices that I purchased I purchased as everyone else was complaining about the recession, right? Complaining about the recession. And I picked up a $550,000 practice for $20,000 at the kitchen table. He couldn't sell it because of this recession. And he said, well, bring your checkbook jokingly because I'm ready to sell this thing. I couldn't sell it to anybody else. So I, I said, What's, what would you take tonight? If I took over the lease and the practice, $20,000. So so here's the 9-11 recession right here, okay? Um, this is the time to buy assets. We're gonna call, we're gonna say green. So during this time, I bought about seven assets as we're co coming at the bottom or coming out of that recession. And then what happens is in the newspapers, when they say, when they start talking about historic highs in the stock market, they talk, start talking about the real estate market is high. That's when you need to start thinking about the, the next term, equity harvesting, right? So you've grown uh, kind of those assets. Now it's time to equity harvest through adding owners, selling assets, selling real estate, 
So I bought practices, dental buildings, the six, the eight houses in Phoenix. Okay. Now, after you've gone through three to four years of increase after a recession, that means we've got three to four years right now for this big wealth transfer. Then what happens is every, it's pretty cyclical, but seven, six to 10 years, every recession. So, so right when you're three years into it, you start thinking about, okay, red, red means offloading some assets, either selling the asset or allowing someone else to buy in and getting your original investment back and still owning equity. Okay. So um, I thankfully had some really good mentors and I sold six of the eight houses in Phoenix, three or four dental buildings, seven practices I sold. And by the time the, the next uh, recession hit, which was the subprime recession where the whole banking industry fell apart, boom, I had equity harvested, okay? And then we do nothing as the market's crashing. We just sit there and wait, we hold on to cash. And, and then we bottomed our, out at the subprime for 2008, 2009, stock market went in half, trillions in retirement lost, dental practice practices closing down, bankrupting. And once again, buying mode right here, buying mode. So what did I do? Buying or starting mode. You start businesses coming out of recessions as well. Buying mode or, so what I did is I started a dental implant company. I started a dental training company and opened four or five dental institutes. I bought multiple locations myself. I started a transition company, okay? And then I stopped and just grew those because I knew after three years of buying and growing, get ready. Uh, there's going to be enough. We don't know what's going to cause the next recession, but it's going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be caused by something. So we had then the Trump economy. Some people call it whatever, whatever it was, or, or uh, whatever caused that, that, that big increase. And uh-oh, now it's time to equity harvest. I sold my implant company to private equity. I sold multiple buildings. I sold the two houses that I had to hold on for 10 years because I didn't sell them right at the top here. Okay. Sold dental practice. I sold seven partnerships in my home dental practice. Okay. And then, uh-oh, so we knew something was going to happen. The, the timing of the cycle. Was it going to be, uh, you know, was it going to be North Korea launching a nuke? Was it going to be a strange virus out of Wuhan? What was it going to be? Well, we now know what it was and it tanked the market. So now we're at the bottom right here. So this was the, we'll call the sub prime. Okay, so now it's, it, it, now I'm looking back at history saying, okay, the mentors I worked with 20 years ago, I guess they were right. And so right now we've got a unique opportunity to now duplicate coming up out of this recession. We are in the green mode. We're in the buy mode. It's our time to solve people's problems by taking over their distressed assets, their businesses, dental practices, their buildings, it's distress time and it's time. And, and at this time in a recession, you win either through price or terms. And in recessions like this, you can win on both. I mean, you get the price you want, a lower price, and you get the terms you want, which is seller financing, no red tape, tape through the banks, just like I did, right? You know, when I first got out of school. So for those of you watching, now is your time that from right now, it's from to six months from now to all the way out to three years from now is the time to be taking over these value added assets. And each one of those will become a stream of income and then a big chunk of money as you equity harvest, which is where the red is, the sale time. And so 
so anyway, I, I did a, a, a free training on this. It's about 25 minutes long. It goes over that in more detail. I won't go over that here, but, but um, anybody that wants that can get it to you. And, uh, but, but so, so that was a long uh, answer to your question, Sebastian, but I will say the things that have defined me the most are the recessions, right? It's where everyone's scared. And those that are not dreading what's happening, they're saying, okay, how can I help people? Like what you and Sebastian are doing right now is you're not spreading the word of doom and gloom. You're like, right, the whole ambiance here is, all right, let's get up, let's move, let's get every part of our life together, not just the finances, let's get it all moving. And the trickle down is that means you're building your business. You're building your practice, you're adding more businesses. So so this is this is this is great, and it's just what Dennis need right now. Wow. Hey, brother, do me a favor. Move your board a little bit to your right, just so it gets in the screen. I want to see that last. There you go. I just want to make sure everybody got to see that last hump. And Jeff, again, um, you and I are going to have to have a conversation. I'm very upset that you brought someone so boring, lack of energy or intelligence whatsoever. Yeah. My stars, Brady. Brother, I, first of all, you're a wise man living on the West Coast. <laughs> Maybe. That's debatable. My wife might disagree with you. <laughs> no, you're, you, you are great. Hey, let me ask you a question uh, as we continue with this about the dentists you're watching right now. They're saying, Brady, you know, it's great for you. Um, and I agree with you, but I don't have the assets right now to buy anything else. See, yeah. I think that's the secret and the smartness that you had. Yeah. You can go sit at someone's table. We call it living in the 95, living in the possibility you're about to buy this man's $500 practice, $500,000 practice with, I don't know how much you had in the bank account, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't 500,000, but you went to have a seat with him with your checkbook to see if you create a possibility. Can you create a possibility for these dentists right now who are saying, hey, I agree with you. I see the signs like you, but I've lived off cash basis. We've been taught, trained, educated. Brady, just like you, just live off of cash only. You know, yep. so how did you get that? How can I get, take advantage of these opportunities? Can you tell them? Yep, absolutely. And once again, Sebastian, to go back to your earlier remark, I never would have been, a, been, a, been in a position at the 9-11 recession to buy these assets had I not had the wrist injury and been forced to go out there. All I had was dental school debt, not even a dental license yet, right? And so those of you watching that have a practice right now, you're in an optimal position, right? I didn't have any cash, nothing. I leveraged my down payment off a life insurance policy. And, and I, was, I was more valuable dead than alive, right? So, you know what I mean? I, nothing. So, so here's the cool part. Um, right now, uh, there are practices all over the nation. I'm going to give you one story. Brett Hildebrand. And... Um, he had the same question you did, Sebastian, three and a half months ago. He said, Brady, I got it. my buddy, Kevin. He and I wanted to do a group together. We researched some people and we found that you actually had done it and we, can you mentor us? So I, I said, absolutely. I gave him homework and I gave him resources to look up 30 practices for sale in their state of Mississippi. They did it. Within 24 hours, they had 30 practices that we're looking at. Within 24 more hours, we had five of them under contract. We picked and chose and we made offers. Yeah. And we made offers. Um, and that was three and a half months ago. They closed on three and they're closing on the next two in two weeks. They're going to have five practices with the real estate. Okay. Whoa. With the real estate and very little to no, none of their own money into it. 
and almost all seller financing. And what we did is, <laughs> this is a, <laughs> I'm giving away a private equity company secret right now. I need to back up to, to uh, just a step. Most practices have taken uh, advantage of PPP, payroll protection plan money, but most haven't taken advantage of their R&D money. The average dental practice in the US is sitting on 30 to 100 grand of R&D tax credits right now. And so what we've done is when we bought these assets, we bought any unclaimed R&D tax credits. So we just got approved from, from the IRS accountants, 160 grand in cash back. Okay, so we're getting paid to buy oh. these practices. So you can go to the interview I did with Jerry, who's what I found is to be the best specialist on art. It's rndtaxcreditspecialists.com is the 40 minute interview. So any dentist, if you're on this, thank Jeff, because you've got 30 to 100 grand in your pocket. Just watch that interview. But basically you can not only get the right price right now in the market, the right terms, seller financing, but instead of you giving a down payment, you can give a down payment and get four times that amount back in tax credits. Is that crazy? So now they got, they've, they've gone from, isn't that yeah. insane? So, so the guy that figured this out, he, he started a company called Save Face. He was in all the Cabela's, Bass Pro Shops. He's just north of you, Lake Taxoma, Jeff. And he sold it for big bucks to private equity, his company. And he got a check in the mail. And it was for a little over $750,000 after he sold his company from the IRS. The IRS has given him money and he calls his accountant and he says, they just, IRS just sent me seven, a, three quarters of a million dollars and I, but I already sold my business. Can I cash it? The accountant said, ah, talk to the private equity company that bought your business. He calls them, he says, no, we just, we just filed for the unclaimed R&D tax credits for your business. So, he had to give the private equity company this check for three quarters of a million, right? So Congress passed it in 1981. It worked out so well, so we could stay ahead of China and Russia that they signed it in a permanent law in 1995 and opened it up to all dental practices. So anyway, um, so yeah, so, so that's what we've been doing, doing using private equity strategies to buy practices, get the credits back to us in cash, and th therefore you have zero down payment. So that's just one strategy I like to use in buying practices and actually getting cash back on the deal. <laughs> hey Brady, I've been, I'm very proud of myself. I have not cussed, I don't think on this podcast, but what the Christmas? Listen, you are a fucking gangster, dude. You are a fucking gangster. No, I take that back. You are a godfather. Mother, daughter, you are a godfather. This is like, holy crap. This is like huge. We got to get this out to everybody. Are you promoting your mentorship? Are you actually, I heard you got a book coming. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so strategy like the R&D tax credit strategy are in, are in the book DDSO strategies. It's 12 strategies to basically leverage uh, what happens coming out of a recession. So that it's basically the top five recession rebound strategies. Basically, you know, in recessions, people's asset value goes down, their practice value down. So their asset value down. So somebody else takes over that asset and brings it back up, but they ride the forward moving wave out of these recessions. And so, yeah, so that's basically what the book's about taking, you know, these undervalued assets. And it's only because of the market, not the patient base, taking over ownership and riding the wave back up as we lift ourselves out of this mud hole we're in. 
I love it, man. I love it. And, and what a valuable pearl that you just dropped in there. And that's just one, I know. But if anybody out there is listening and is smart enough to take some notes, and we'll put, we'll put some links in the, in the notes for you guys too. And we'll put links to Brady's book. We'll put links in there to Brady's, you, you had your half hour training on this too. We'll put all those links in the show notes for you guys too. So you guys have access to this because this is what it is absolutely about. We're about also not only watching things change and, and develop for us, but also looking at what can we do to increase the opportunities for you to be more profitable, more productive, and do it with less problems and less, less possibilities of failure like what we've had. And so when you can stand on our shoulders, <laughs> it becomes a lot easier. And it's a lot more clear of a view from up there too. <laughs> well, no. I want to say, you know, Jeff, uh, just a couple words, shout out for you. You know, we, we believe in some of the same things. And so does S S Sebastian about the big picture. And, you know, I like to hang around folks like yourself that aren't just focused on one part of the game, but realize that it's, it's the financial part, the clinical part, the marriage part, right? The spiritual part, all of it meshed together, right? What do you call it? The four? What the do you fire call it? four. We call it the fire, the fire four. four. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and so love what you're doing here. And, uh, you know, you and I work together a lot on implants. You do some ridiculously incredible work. And, and I, of course, it still feels weird. I retired last year from like real clinical dentistry and, and, you know, just to be doing more of what we're doing here. And so, um, so anyway, I, I think with your skills, you need to keep figuring out a way that, that you keep doing implants. Right. And, and I think you're going to mentor so many people in that regard. But anyway, yeah, so, I'm happy. Brady, I, have a, I have another question for you. Yep. So some of our audience are just small business owners. They're business owners. Can they do this even though they're not a dentist? Could they pick up your book, your system, and, and create uh, this financial wealth? for not Maybe it's not their clinic, but now it's their business and their lifestyle. So in the IRS tax code, in the circular that talks about it, it is uh, the, the word R&D, which implies research and development, is a little misleading because if you look deep into it, it talks about processes, softwares, testing, which innovation, which pretty much every company, small business does, right? And you basically answer a bunch of these questions and then the specialized accounting firm uh, shows you how much you uh, have in tax credits coming. Then they give that to your conservative accountant, right? So they give that to your conservative... When I told my conservative accountant about it, they said, well, yeah, those have been around for years. It's just a specialty, like a specialty in dentistry. So on the interview that I did with Jerry at rndtaxcreditspecialist.com, I go over all that. So yes, if you're a small business and you're not a dental business, and it's smart that you're watching this because the most successful business concepts are oftentimes moved from one industry to the other, right? Uh, Tom, uh, 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 hold on. It was Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison said of all of his inventions, that of all 1,600 patents and inventions, only one of them was truly unique and not borrowed. And that was <laughs> this guy right here, this weird little device. And, but all of his others were, were from looking at something that was over here and taking it to another area, another space, another industry. So if you're watching your small business, watching the show, Take what's happening in dentistry. Dentistry has a very large percentage per capita of entrepreneurs, and they're doing all this stuff. 
move it over to your genre and it may be a red ocean in dentistry, it could be a blue ocean in your industry. So anyway, that um, I'm glad you mentioned that, Sebastian. Wow. I'm just still absorbing, Jeff. You have to get here. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. Like I told you, I have an MBA. I'm a business coach. I've worked with businesses forever. And to see your wealth of knowledge and with how, how long ago did you hurt your wrist? That was in 99, which is over 20 years ago. So over now 20. in 20 years hindsight, I hope you take this in the right way. I'm so glad you hurt your wrist. <laughs> <laughs> because you become a gift to this world. Look what you are doing for other dentists and business owners because the pain you had to go through. Your pain was a path for us if we so choose, right? Mm -hmm. I know we don't have you much longer. Tell us, what are you up to now that people connect with you? We talked about you have a, a book coming out, but tell us more specifically about your book tour, how they get connected, anything else, your mentorship. Let them know how they get connected. You, you paved the way. There's a lot of people don't have to reinvent the wheel. They could get mentored by you and, and take a shortcut. Sure. I, and, you know, you had brought up like difficulties in life. I, uh, I went through a time when I was drinking a lot into all the wrong stuff when I was 19 and 20. It was right after I was told I had about a year to live. My chest was, do you see that kind of dip or hole in my chest right there? Um, my sternum was growing inward toward my spine and there was about a centimeter of room and it was pushing my heart to the side and my lungs. I would lift up my shirt, uh, but everyone would got a scar here and things. And, you know, um, they put a bar in my chest and that came out and they had to search for it. And you see this kind of lump right there. There's still scars. <laughs> I know it's a, exactly. So I was actually, I was going to a therapist. And they have to call the parents in when you're showing suicidal things. And especially when they ask how you do it. And if you tell them exactly how you do it, that must mean you're high risk. So I went through a really bad time and uh, came out of that. And, you know, I could, I could tell a lot of stories about that. That was well before dental school had, you know, way, you know when I was in my teens. But it, it's shown in my life that if you've been affected by our last recession and you're watching this right now, and you might be down because your stock, your retirement fund went down. Your business isn't doing as well as you thought. It hasn't just been up like this. You know, um, just hang in there because you're probably, as long as you have the right attitude and you're watching for it and you're pearl hunting and all the negative and you're watching for those things you can take out, you're probably going to, you know, in the next two, three, four years, you know, have breakthroughs and things you never would have had before. But yeah, so... Um, yeah, the book tour, it's a ddsobooktour.com. It's where I go into more a lengthy discussion about, hey, the top five recession rebound strategies. And that's just from my own personal experience in dentistry. If you're an optometrist watching this or chiropractor or some other business, you know, uh, you, you, I, I say it in such a way that you can take it to your industry. And, uh, and, uh, and so um, I also have a place where you can go and watch that interview with Brett Hildebrand. I just interviewed him about buying the five practices. That's at totaldentalfreedom.com. You can check that out. And, um, and then if you want to chat about it, hey, remember I retired from dentistry to be able to talk more to dentists. You can schedule a time with me. There's no cost to that. And if we can help you, we'll get you some resources. But yeah, so glad I could 
contribute a little bit to you guys' incredible dental syndicate. You guys do a great thing. So thanks for having me on. Brady, thank you so much. You know, one, one thing that I do want to touch base on here, because I do think it's really important, and you did drop in a little hint of this toward the beginning of the conversation, is you talked a little bit about comfort zone. And you said, you know, because you talked about, well, dentists, they get, they get comfortable making a couple hundred grand a year. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're cruising along. And so they're, they're living in their comfort zone, right? And, and so some of you out there right now might be like, well, I'm comfortable. I, I did okay. I did okay. I didn't get too scathed by what was happening here and what's currently still happening with Corona and everything going on in America. And I'm comfortable. And for me, comfort is probably one of those scariest places to be because you have nothing to light your fire. And then pretty soon something's going to catch you. And to me, when you step out of that comfort zone and you push yourself every day out of that comfort zone, A, that's the only way to expand and to grow. And I think that's one of the purposes of life is just continuous expansion. But that comfort zone, would you just touch one last, I want you to contribute one last little pearl. What did you use as your driver to continue and you still use to continue to push yourself out of your comfort zone? Because it would be really easy with having the financial freedom right now to be comfortable. And what do you use every day to push yourself beyond your comfort zone? Because that's one of the things that we teach significantly at Dental Syndicate. But I just want to know personally from you, what is it that's your driver that pushes you beyond your comfort zone? So I would say, so you all know The Rock, right? The Rock, the movie. Yeah, he, I was watching something he talked about and what keeps him driven. I mean, the guy physically, he's still at it, right? He's pushing it every day. He says he envisions himself with his back against the wall every day, right? And I, uh, um, I don't know if I exactly feel like that, but what I have tried to pay attention to is um, the 80-20 rule, right? Uh, and that is, um, if you're a dentist watching this and uh, you feel like you're in the comfort zone, but you know there's a looming uh, dissatisfaction out there, meaning you're not going to meet your retirement goals if you keep going at the pace you're at. You're not in love or on fire with dentistry, and that might be why you're on here right now and you want to ignite that. Spend 80% of your time doing the productivity thing, doing the, the hand thing. Spend 20% of your time on activities that will bring you the multiple streams of income, the areas in your life where you want freedom, the passions you're pursuing, and, and programs like, like this, the Dental Syndicate, which bring out that 20% that you want to build in your life. Because what I've seen is dentists just spend 100% of their time doing their practice, doing their trade, being the, right, being the technician. And if you do that, it's going to be really, really hard and you're going to grow disenchanted and many of these burn out. So kudos to everyone watching right now because this activity qualifies as that 20% of acceleration to get you not to financial freedom, but total dental freedom, which is so much better than just having the money to retire, which many of you watching this at your pace, let's be honest, you're not going to have what it takes now, 5 million cash in the bank to retire. And what I learned at 34 is that's not even the goal, right? Elvis, Elvis Presley's grandson, who had a whole lot more than 5 million at his fingertips, just committed suicide. So that's not going to solve it either. You got to find what you're passionate about, 
grow your four areas, which you call Jeff. What are the four areas that you talk about a lot? I think you're on mute. Sorry, bro. He's on mute. Faith, fitness, <laughs> family, and finance. It's all right. <laughs> but you look good doing that. <laughs> Seeing if people could read my lips. That's all. Yeah, I, I could actually. We know each other good enough. And, and your goatee helps because I can watch the goatee. As it's moving. <laughs> anyway, so I would say the 80 20 rule. Keep at it. Keep watching the syndicate shows, right? Because you guys are bringing on folks that are adding to that part of their lives, not just clinical stuff, right? All the other stuff that's more important than that 80%. So anyway, appreciate it. And uh, Sebastian, always good to spend time with you, bro. You're the man. And well, uh, where are you right now? Last time you were in Hawaii, where are you now? Uh, I'm back in California, back in California. Okay. <laughs> hey, awesome. you're the one that was gone for a couple of weeks. You just came back from where? Where did you just come back from? Well, I, I took a one month vacation sabbatical. Uh, it was two and a half weeks in Montana, fly fishing and hiking and bike in the mountains and then Sun River Resort in the middle of Oregon. And then, uh, and then the Big K Guest Ranch, which is on the Umpqua River, paddle boarding and smallmouth bass fly fishing and stuff there. So I know, I, 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 but I was working. I, I get up early, do some calls with Dennis in the morning and do the rest of the day and you know so hey Brady, you working. just gave more credibility that you're a badass gangster godfather because <laughs> you're living what you're teaching yes. you create this lifestyle that supports you to connect with your family and here's what we talk a lot about here at dental syndicate connect with yourself when you pour in into your own cup then your cup can overflow onto others but if your cup is empty it's hard to take care of your family and other mm -hmm. people and mm -hmm. so that's a perfect example for one month you took care of yourself and others. As your cup got filled, it overflowed. And we find a lot of dentists and small business owners have holes in their cups. And they're pouring into it. They're doing the 80%, pouring in business, money. And it keeps on overflowing out because they're lacking in emotions. They're lacking in connections relationally. They're lacking in purpose spiritually. And it keeps on overflow, um, um, coming out of those holes and leaking. And they don't understand why can't they fill their cup. I have more money. Just like you said, Elvis is what, grandson? has all this money, but his cup was still empty and commit suicide. Mm -hmm. How sad mm -hmm. is that? How mm -hmm. sad? So thank you for sharing that. And in our world, you never have to apologize for filling your cup. That's a great <laughs> model example. Thank you. Well, Absolutely. I appreciate it. You guys are the bomb. Um, can't wait to have you on my show soon because we need what you guys have over here. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, uh, Jeff and Sebastian. No worries, Jeff. What you take away, brother? All right, guys. Hey, thank you so much, Brady. Thanks for being a gracious guest tonight and just dropping bomb after bomb after bomb, knowledge pearl after knowledge pearl. And, you know, if you guys thought, I'm going to show up and maybe get one or two things, boom, your mind probably blew up and exploded within the first four minutes of this, uh, <laughs> this interview tonight. So, Brady, thanks for all the time. And just doing like you always do, delivering it in a positive, enthusiastic manner with the passion, as well as showing our guests on this, on this, watching this live right now and recorded later, that you do live out what you talk about at an extreme level. And that's a beautiful thing to see because when you're looking for people to mentor you, you want to see that they're actually walking, you know, the talk that they're putting forward. And that's something I'm going to tell you to test. When you look at us, Test us on that. I mean, that is something that you want to see. People are doing what they say they're doing as well as showing it in a great way. And it has to make sense for you.
and it has to fit into your life. So if all of this has been really mind-blowing to you and only this too, if you're looking at a place to say, I know what I've got to do to start to get started in my life. Jeff, how do I get started with taking and putting time and money and effort into some of these things that Brady's talking about? Well, first of all, you've got to have a vision that's got to be clear. Second, you've got to have some passion. Third, you've got to have that spark every day to get your ass up and get going in the day and invest in yourself and then start to invest in the opportunities in front of you. The best way that I know how that I've been working in my life for over the past four and a half years is what we call the fire formula. It is what I do every single morning, unequivocally, the best way to light myself on fire, to create that morning power to go into my day. And what I want you guys to do is we're gonna do something a little fun tonight. If you go to podcastffc.com, and we'll put that in the notes, podcastffcnow, or ffc.com, we're gonna give you the first 30 days absolutely for free so you guys can start to experience what does this feel like in your life to utilize a tool called the fire four to have an incredible morning routine that starts your day out on fire. And we call it hit your fire four before you hit the door and go to war. And that's the best way to go and start out your day. So with that, Wait, 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 Jeff, I just want to make sure because I wrote it down and I'm going to go look on it after this call. So Brady, tell me if I have these two correct. Totaldentalfreedom.com. Yep. And the second one is ddobooktour.com. Booktour.com. There you go. Hey, I got to get my book. I want to get a copy of that. Thank you so much, brother. Hey, appreciate you, Jeff. Go ahead. Take it away. All right, guys. Hey, real quick. We're, and for you guys who end up coming to live training later on, we're going to count it down from four, three, two, one, and then we're going to yell, give it away because that is what we do as a community with Dental Syndicate. That's what we've done tonight here with Jumpstart with Jeff. We've given it away. Brady's come on and been gracious to give away his intellect, his knowledge, everything that he's made mistakes with and, and has put into his life. Over about the past 20 plus years, you guys have had the opportunities to reap from those benefits. So we're going to give it away in dental syndicate style. So here we go. Four, three, two, one. Give it away. Thank you guys. Yeah.